Hello, and welcome to Student Affairs Now. I'm your host, Keith Edwards. Today, we're discussing virtual job searching. We're joined by three folks who can help those of you about to embark on a virtual search feel more comfortable and more prepared. We have people with experience with virtual candidates, virtual hiring managers, and virtual search consultants. Student Affairs Now is the premier podcast and learning community for thousands of us who work in, alongside, or adjacent to the field of higher education and student affairs. We hope you'll find these conversations make a contribution to the field and are restorative to the profession. We release new episodes every week on Wednesdays. Find us at studentaffairsnow.com or on Twitter. Today, we are two sponsors. The first is LeaderShape. LeaderShape is a not-for-profit organization that has been partnering with colleges, universities, and organizations in creating transformational leadership experiences since 1986. With a focus on creating a more just, caring, and thriving world, LeaderShape provides both virtual and in-person leadership development opportunities for students and professionals. When you partner with LeaderShape, you will receive quality development experiences that engage learners in topics of courageous dialogue, integrity, equity, resilience, and community building. To find out more about their virtual programs, please visit leadershape.org slash virtual programs. You can also connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Our second uh, sponsor is Anthology. Is your goal to engage in effective assessment, boost data fluency, and empower staff with strategic data collection, documented analysis, and use results for change? No matter where your campus is in the assessment journey, Anthology, formerly Campus Labs, can help you figure out what's next with a short assessment. You'll receive customized results and tailored recommendations to address your most immediate assessment needs. Learn more about how Anthology's products and expert consultation can empower your division with actionable data by visiting campuslabs.com slash SA dash now. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Keith Edwards. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm a speaker, consultant, and coach. You can find out more about me at keithedwards.com. I'm hosting this conversation today from Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is the ancestral homeland of the Dakota and Ojibwe peoples. Today, we're talking about virtual job searching. I'm very excited to have each of our guests here, uh, candidates, employers, and search consultants. Let's meet these fabulous folks. If you could all just introduce yourself with uh, who you are and your role in your institution and a little bit about your experience with virtual job searching. Margaret, let's start with you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Keith. Happy to be here. Uh, my name is Margaret Smith. I use they, them pronouns. Um, I'm the coordinator for student organizations and leadership in the Office of Student Leadership and Engagement at McAllister College in St. Hey, Paul, Mac. Minnesota. Hey, Mac. Absolutely. Um, small liberal arts college setting, just for some context as well. Um, so for what I can bring to this conversation, I went through the virtual job search process uh, when I graduated from graduate school. Uh, in spring 2020. So it was a pretty um, unique and challenging time uh, to be on the job market. So I can definitely speak um, to that experience. Um, things have changed a little bit as we've, we've made our way through this year, but I think some of the things I went through would hopefully inform other folks. And um, I plan to touch a little bit on the pros and cons of virtual job searching, especially as compared to a traditional on-campus experience. And then just some tips that might be useful um, for both job searchers and for folks um, on hiring committees. So it's a little bit about me and what I hope to talk about today. Awesome. We're so glad you're here, Margaret. Um, Helena, let's go to you. Hello. I am also very excited to be here today. Um, going through a virtual experience, is, it's, it's been a very interesting time. I'm Helena Gardner, and I serve as the Director of University Housing at Colorado State University. Go Rams. Um, go Rams. And um, I'm really hopeful to, to share some tips and advice on how candidates can really promote themselves through this experience from the lens of what employers are looking for and what we're hoping to see. And again, I think this is, is one of the most challenging times in a career and to go through a job search at this time, I'm here for you. Like I, I, wanna, I wanna support you through that and really hoping to share tips and advice from the other side. What, yeah. what you might want to think about as you present yourself um, and really hold the importance that interviewing works both ways. Yeah, that's so, I'm so glad you're here to be helpful. Uh, that's really great. Uh, Jen, let's hear from you. Awesome. Well, hello, my name is Jen Myers Pickard. I am a consultant at WitKeeper, which is an executive search firm. I am part of our education practice. And so at WitKeeper, what that means is that we are focused on search at sort of the dean level and higher. So deans, vice presidents, provost presidents um, across the nation and actually across the world. 
So I have been part of Wakekeeper as a consultant for two and a half years now, but prior to that, I was on campuses for many, many years, almost 20, um, um, most recently at the University of Arizona, where I was uh, for eight and a half years. But in my roles, I always was in divisions of student affairs, enrollment management, and student success, you know, crossing all over all of those areas. So sit in your seat, do a lot of vice president for student affairs and dean of student searches for sure. So still am very, very connected to that, um, to my roots and my core in student affairs and uh, excited to be here. Being a consultant, we're sitting on both sides, right? We are walking alongside candidates as they get ready and engage in this process and make the important decision to say, yes, I'm willing to potentially move in a pandemic and or engage, you know, or, or, or switch careers in a, in a pandemic, as well as the employers who are extremely, you know, some, some are more comfortable than others in the virtual realm and doing it this way and literally moving their entire communities into this virtual process, which can at the start feel different, but then in the end, I think has some great advantages. So I'll hang on to those thoughts for yeah. questions. Jen, where'd you do your doctoral work? I might have done my doctoral work at the University of um, um, Maryland, along with you, Keith. Go Terps. I did <laughs> not Terps. plan this, but my <laughs> master's degree is Colorado State, my doctorate, Maryland, and then I worked at McAllister for eight years. So uh, we invited each of you because I know you're in your fabulous people. And it just turned out to be homecoming week here for, for Keith Edwards. Exactly. So that has no bearing on the conversation, but I'm glad you're all here. Uh, Jen, let's start with you. You've been supporting both, yeah. as you mentioned, both candidates and employers doing virtual job searches for a year now. And I imagine you were doing virtual interviewing other things even before that. Uh, what do you wish more folks knew about virtual processes? Yeah, so it's funny you mentioned the prior, right? Because that has actually been something that I think is really interesting. I would say maybe about uh, a quarter to a third of our search engagements were um, had a virtual component to them, right? Whether it was mostly that would be like a semifinalist interview when you do your sort of first round of interviews. Um, so obviously we had some skill and experience in this, but then all of a sudden, you know, the whole word whole world changed and literally you know one week we were on airplanes and the next week we were you know sitting in front of our computers 24 hours a day so um when I think about I, I you know I've really been thinking broadly a lot about you know what individuals need to bring uh, to a search setting right or to the process as a whole not just even you know in your interviews um, when you're thinking about our current world circumstances, I really think that, and, and I know my colleagues at Wikipedia would totally agree that this is an opportunity for, and 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 actually, I think the expectation now of of hiring authorities that you are going to highlight your skills and strengths that you have developed as a result of our world circumstance and COVID. Um, so whether that's crisis and risk management that has been you know literally laid in your lap whether it's online engagement and student success efforts. Of course, everyone's talking about what it's like to be in the classroom online, but what's it like to actually create a freshman year experience or you know, the, the continued experience for those students who already were commuting and or adult learners and so on. So I think that's really important. Um, it is important. It is a absolute moment for us to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how we include access into all that we are doing and making our, our all of our worlds and every element accessible to all different types of student populations and, and, and faculty and staff too, as well. Um, and then your adapted, adaptability and resilience that has come as a result of, of everything that we have gone through in the past year. So I, I think one thing I would say in relation to this is do not wait for the interview to bring these things up. Do not, do not, do not. These need to be incorporated into your cover letter and into your CV or resume, which are however you'd mm -hmm. like to phrase it. Um, you know, what have you been asked to do? What skills, again, have you gained? And, and how have you sharpened those as a result of COVID? How have those increased your collaborations? How have those helped you to understand your academic partners better? Um, all those sorts of things. You need to have that in there, both in a metric form, right, showing uh, maybe, you know, gains data that is associated with that, as well as sort of the qualitative form of all of that. Um, the other piece that I kind of wanted to touch on in relation to that is, is the fact that hiring authorities 
at least at the beginning of the pandemic, we're definitely a little more risk averse, I would say, right? Mm -hmm. They're nervous about having to hire someone where if they're even able to hire at all, right? Because there's so many places that are on hiring freezes. If they are given the opportunity to hire, they cannot mess it up. They have to get the right person, which they know too can be a challenge and in, in, in might, you know, they don't want to necessarily not cast as wide a net, but they have to know that someone has the skills and the abilities or at least the transferable skills mm -hmm. to make this job work and to come to campus, whether that's virtually or in person and be able to, to you know, hit the ground running for, for lack of a better term. So um, I think that, you know, again, this goes back to really being able to show um, how you have these abilities and skills and, and can do this work and, and, and helping them to feel, feel comfortable that you have the knowledge uh, behind you to, to engage in this particular role. I think role. This, is one of the, this is one of the most misunderstood points for candidates. As a candidate, mm -hmm. you want to be the best. You want to be Right. the best resume, the best interviewer, the highest GPA, mm -hmm. the most experienced, the most involved in professional associations, you want to be the best. And oftentimes employers are just not trying to make a mistake. They just don't want to hire someone who will be difficult, who they'll regret hiring, who they're going to have to do disciplinary procedures in six months. Like they just, and so many uh, folks when they're hiring are thinking, I'd rather go with safe. <laughs> this person will be uh, easy to work with, uh, easy to get along with, rather than maybe the better candidate who might be difficult and hard to get along with. So I think uh, that is, uh, as I move from candidate to then employer, that was a really big shift. Um, and, and particularly, as you're mentioning, this gets harder when we have freezes or yeah. thaws um, or mm -hmm. things like that, where we mm -hmm. have to get, you know, six weeks of HR approval before we can move forward with the search. Right. It's very yeah. complicated. Yeah. Thank you for so, letting me interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, no, the last thing I'll mention, and then I, I want my other colleagues to be able to talk in on this is, um, you know, it's a time again, and this is sort of at the really broadest sense of the term. It's a time to be honest about what you need as a candidate and to share those needs, you know, in relation to this particular role. So, you know, now, does that mean that you're going to get into the weeds of, you know, I need to be in this particular role area, you know, uh, because of these really detailed things? No, it's going to be a nod to, you know, and you should be doing this regardless. Why this institution? Why now? Why do I, why do I want to be here? And why now? And it's okay to give a little bit more detail as to the why, why here and why now, I think. And, and um, I, the, the other piece there too, is that, you know, I personally sort of grew up in an area where you just talk about yourself or you just talk about yourself, you just talk about yourself, like how I'm good in this role and so on. I think that's context. I think this texture that by, by sharing a little bit more about yourself in your letter, sharing a little bit more about yourself in your first interview and second interview and, and so forth is really important. It humanizes you. And again, it brings us in this time when we're sitting and interacting with one another on screens. It provides that sort of almost a in between the meetings types of conversations that we would have had otherwise and right. that literally would have been shared anyway within the committee's right. hiring authority. Yeah, I'm thinking about walking the candidate from the chairs yes. to the table. Yes. I'm thinking yes. about all those little things. Yes, yes. And, you know, as, as search consultants, we're, we're in a different space. I'm talking to candidates beforehand. And then when I sit with a committee who's deciding who they're going to bring forward for the next set of interviews, often those questions that come up like, well, why would this person want to work here? I have an answer for that. And I can yeah. share that. In a lot of the situations for many, you know, that's a, that's a small fraction that are getting that extra attention to it, right? right. For everyone else, if you don't make the case, committees sometimes sort of make it up for you, right? And watch that happen where they're sort of developing a narrative that may or may not be true. So, um, so help them out, you know, it doesn't have to be deep in the weeds, but it, it does need to, you know, nod to the fact of why you're going to be there or why you want to be in that space. So well, I think that's so important I'll because when, pe when people make up the narratives, it's filled with all their implicit biases and all the totally. toxic oppression and systemic right. Yep. that coming in. Um, right. You were also reminding me, um, you're talking about the year and COVID and everything else, right? Racial injustice, uh, <laughs> upheaval for, for um, racial equity. Uh, I'm also hearing so many of our colleagues uh, in Canada and the U.S. were saying, 
I'm kind of tired of living through once in a generation events. I'm kind of sick of being in the once in a hundred years right. pandemic, right. flood, yeah. cold shift, you know, power outage, whatever right. it is. Right. And so I, I think it's really wise to not just make this about COVID and virtual, mm-hmm. but about the whole uh, mm-hmm. elections, insurrections, George Floyd, all of these different things and, um, and how that plays in. Um, uh, well, I, I have a follow-up question for you, Jen, but uh, sure. Helena and Margaret, did you want to get in here, add anything or ask anything? No, I mean, I, I think, Jen, you are spot on, and I am feeling like you just gave a lot of significant game for free, and, um, and, and, and I appreciate you saying that this is pre-everything being virtual. These are things you should consider, but more importantly, if virtual is your only opportunity, then you you got to pull it, bring it, and give a little bit more to present who you are. And so I just, I think that was a gift. And I wrote my own notes over here. So thank you for that. <laughs> Glad. Uh, well, well, great. Um, Jen, the follow-up question I have is, what have you seen as the, the benefits and downsides? What's the upsides and downsides mm-hmm. to virtual processes? I think that the, well, this can be an upside and a downside is we're moving a little faster. And, um, and uh, and I have to laugh, my academic colleagues in Dean's positions are like, whoa, that's going super fast. And I'm like, it's okay, you're going to be all right. You know, (laughs) um, but, uh, but I have seen us move a little bit faster, right? Because we can be more efficient, we can, we can, you know, more, much more quickly organize, uh, you know, visits and things like that. So that that well, you don't have to buy plane tickets six weeks out. No plane tickets, no hotels, no getting caught in snowstorms, no any of that. So it makes the world a lot easier in that respect. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what I would say though is, you know, you as a candidate need to be ready that if they can get this process done faster, that might mean that they want you there faster, right? Like, so this isn't gonna be, we're gonna wait till the end of the term and you get to make this perfect transition of things, right? Like, well, and student affairs in general is much better at that than the rest of our colleagues within, um, mm-hmm. I think uh, the academy and so on. But, um, you know, we do a lot more mid-year, mid-wherever transitions. Um, but I think that, you know, you need to be asking that and are you ready for that, right? If you thought this was going to be a summer transition or a January transition, it might be a March transition. And so be ready for that. Um, The other piece too is you might not have to move yet. If you could be going across the country and you might be able to sit and stay. I have a a, a candidate who was recently placed, family's in East Coast, university is in, you know, mountain time. She's staying at her institution, um, or excuse me, at her institution, her home until the summer because it made sense with kids, with family, with all that sort of stuff. A new university was completely fine with it. I mean, they worked it out, obviously, but Mm -hmm. um, and coordinate on that way. So there's a lot more flexibility, but we also might move a touch faster than we think. Um, I think the other thing is that maybe this is a bit of the downside is we just have to remember that if the minute that you start engaging, you know, in any sort of um, probably a Zoom, right? Probably not likely to be a phone call, mm-hmm. but a Zoom. Get out of your pandemic world and yes. pretend that you are sitting in a conference room. Yes. You need to come mm-hmm. looking like all of us here, professional, you know, ready to go, <laughs> ready to go. So um, we've become very relaxed in our COVID world. And I'm a little bit shocked at what I see coming and I don't if the I don't care if the committee comes in their PJs you come ready to impress right as if you were walking into a giant boardroom you also make sure that your professional your surroundings are as professional as possible now I always laugh my home office is in my guest bedroom you can see the corner of my bed back there my guest bed what there's nothing I can do about that that's fine that's okay but everything else is nice and you know looks great and stuff and my colleagues they they look great in their spaces too so you know just trying to do those sorts of things we have kids we have dogs we have dogs losing their mind when Amazon shows up which (laughs) we could hear my German shepherd at any point here now um so but that happens but try to remove the distraction as much as you can but, but you know just it has to be ready 
Um, you got to have the lighting right. You have to have your camera right. We all have heard this. But you would be shocked how many people I show up and they're like this in the camera, right? That's scary. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to see that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so the other piece that I would just say, though, is to practice. It is different to be sitting here having a conversation and looking at the camera and looking at my, you know, Brady Bunch boxes on the on the screen and so on, than it is to be in a staff meeting where we can be on our email and looking at the screen over here and doing this and so on and so forth. It's very different. So you need to practice. You need to figure out where your notes go. You need to figure out how you're going to look smooth and transitioned and all of those things if you haven't had the chance to do that yet. Um, and then the last thing I will say is that, well, well, the other piece too is, you know, one of my colleagues, Kim Brett Schneider, wrote an amazing piece called, um, I think it's, uh, what did she call it? How to Ace the Virtual Interview. So I would look for that on the Wikipedia site. It was also posted in the Chronicle of Higher Education. Yep. And there's we'll one other notes on thing. our page too. Stuff. Yeah. But the last thing that I would just say is just, that it's, you know, we might not be in the same room together, but there are ways in which this interaction online has become actually in some ways more intimate and connected right when you're in a big room with people far away from you you can't see their reactions in the same way that you do on your screen and so there's ways where you know we're having a great conversation here it's like we're on the couch together uh, or in the boardroom together you know and and so there's lots of ways where it can still feel as intimate and fun and laugh and smile and bring your personality because I think that's the thing that people are worried is going to be gone. And there's, you know, you can be introvert. I've seen introverts do spectacularly in this way, you know, and the extroverts as well too. So, you know, just, just be you and, and, um, and just try to engage and interact as much as you can. Yeah. I, I want to highlight two things. I, I think um, our, our previous podcast about what should change post COVID. One of the things was we should just break more rules. We should get rid of more rules. We should eliminate more rules. We just have all these antiquated rules. And one of them is how long it takes to hire someone. I just heard from, we'll keep, we'll keep the person unnamed, but lost an RD, RD quit, hired a new RD in three days and Love said, it. you know, we're, we're in a pandemic. We are uh, in crisis mode. We cannot not have this position filled. Uh, HR will figure it out later. They can be mad at me down the road, but we're going to do this. We're going to do this as quickly as possible. I don't think that's where we want to be, but it certainly <laughs> maybe could be less than eight months, right, to, to move to a position. And then you mentioned the distractions of dogs barking, mm-hmm. <laughs> kids crying, whatever happening. I think it really, that's life, right? Yeah. And how we handle the distraction, right? The dogs barking is not your fault, but when you handle it with poise and panache, that's impressive, right? So how do you handle the reality of the world that we're in? Um, Helena, you've been leading virtual search processes and interviewing candidates. Um, what would you like candidates to know um, about what folks conducting the interviews? What's your insight into uh, people leading interviews, conducting interviews, and making hiring decisions? You know, I, I think um, Jen hit on very well the, that you have to do a little bit more to present yourself, to um, let any employer know who you are and what you're bringing. And that's different for everyone. And I found sitting in on other departments, virtual interviews, the, the chatter behind the scene that people don't know. I think we, we often forget about how, gosh, I like to call it human behavior. There's, there are real pieces of I'm looking for these answers. Here's my rubric. But then there's also how humans receive information. And, and, and as, as we, we will all tell you, the virtual experience has changed how we receive and how we interface. And so it's, it's just really important that you show up the way you want to be received. And that's just really critical. And, and I, I, I think about, Jen, you shared about, you know, how to look at your professionalism and in this daily work I do, I know that professionalism is under is under a microscope right now. To use that language, to use that word, has many different types of perceptions, associations with whiteness, systemic type things. And what I would offer in this environment, it becomes really important how you tell your story. So if professionalism isn't the thing you're on, beneath that is what do you want people to receive about you? How do you want them to receive you? If you are, are needing to express yourself in a particular way, you have to lead with that. Because again, what is missing is the walk to lunch, 
the walk to the next interview, the the casual pieces where your personality comes out, right? Where the experience of who you are comes out. And that to me is human behavior. We, we remember experiences. That's how brains work. We remember experiences. And so how a person experiences you is really important. I um, have seen it very difficult. A lot of student affairs, we, we do these... Um, we do these open forums and we invite the whole campus to come and watch you perform. And what is really interesting in a virtual environment is that you can't receive the audience. So your energy is off and you, you don't know if people are hearing you or if they're feeling you or if they got your joke. You know, you, you don't have that anymore. Everybody's so every, muted. Everyone's muted, right? Everyone's muted. It feels like you're talking to the air, like you are just going and talking and you are believing you're connecting. And so it's just really important that you present yourself as a way of connecting, as a way of being. And, and the days are long and you will get tired. And I am tired of being on virtual meetings. I'm exhausted from it. So to sit through an, an interview with a stranger, that's a whole different dynamic. But how that stranger is engaging is what it calls upon. Um, I'm a 100% introvert, 100%. I also find the virtual environment to be an opportunity for me to assert myself differently in a way I may not show up. I just, I may not show up if we're in the same room together. Mm-hmm. I got my anxiety, I got my nerves, but when I'm virtual and I'm in my house and I have my things, then I can be comfortable. Yeah. Again, if professionalism isn't your thing, you only need about this much right here, <laughs> right? Like you only need this much to, to tell your story. And that's part of it. And, and also, you got to do a little bit more. Your answers got to be a little bit more thorough. Your examples need to be very exact because you don't have room for um, the nonverbal interpretation. You know, you, well, you don't you have the opportunity. You need the room to stay on longer, right? Yeah. You need the room. Right. Like the schedules have been even tighter, right? The you schedules are even tighter. That is because when it ends, it mm-hmm. ends. There's not, you can go over. You just really have to be exact. And so I think it's, it's just a really, it's a, it's a challenging time. Um, I actually was talking to a graduate student just the other day about how you, you leave that impression. What did you share? What did you talk about in the what you know? I think that during this time of COVID, um, as an administrator that makes a lot of decisions, I hear my staff share daily that they're not a part of the decision-making. They felt excluded from the planning processes. And as an administrator, I will always hold that depending on where you're at, what institution, what style of institution, you're gonna experience decision-making very differently. But what do you know about your experience through this pandemic? How have you had to lead differently? How have you had to support students differently? How have you engaged with parents? What skills did you pull upon? Those are the stories you want to tell. You want to talk about how you tangibly have had to lead. And I do think there's a lot more that's gone on than a pandemic during this time. But in fact, because of the level of stress I'm carrying as an employer, it's on my mind pretty heavily, right? I want to know your whole picture, but I also need to know that if I'm going to bring you in during this time, just like you said, just like you said, Jen, I'm thinking about my budget. I'm thinking about the long document I had to submit to get approval to hire during a hiring chill. I'm thinking about my limited opportunities to bring staff to campus. I'm thinking about the positions I couldn't fill. And I'm looking at you like, what are you really bringing? Because I might need you to do this too. (laughs) So tell your story. Tell your whole story. Like we really have to take advantage of this time to be exact and to be um, I think I think what my staff are saying authentic. What does being authentic mean on this camera? How are you expressing who you are? And to me, that does get into things like, yeah, I got a dog. I have a dog. <laughs> so how do you lead with this is me? Here's what's going on in my house up front. Where are you buying your grace? So that when you need to navigate that water, you've already bought the grace. And now people are like, you do have a dog. I do. I do have a three-year-old. Yep. They're going to be three. Three-year-olds are going to be three. They could care less. But how you set up your authentic self, I think, becomes really important virtually. And you are in charge of telling that. 
Right. You're reminding me, Helena, about um, I think so many candidates, uh, particularly really smart, savvy ones, they can figure out what they think the committee, the hiring authority wants, mm -hmm. and they can be it. Mm -hmm. And they usually regret it. Mm -hmm. Right. Because if I figure out what Jen wants and it's these things, and these skills, and I perform that in an interview, which I can do and Jen hires me, I have to now do that every day. <laughs> Yep. Right. So you better. <laughs> but, right. But if you are genuine and authentic and this is who I am and they yeah. say you're fabulous, but not what we're looking for, that might be a blessing. Right. That's a and blessing. So how do you show up and be genuine and authentic? And if they're into that, then you get to you get to be that every day. Yeah. And that is uh, a load off. Uh, you're, you were also reminding me um, how important admin assistance used to be in the process. As you were oh, waiting yeah. to meet with the VP, how you chatted with the admin assistant or didn't or yeah. what. And that mm -hmm. I saw that so often and that has eliminated. Um, yeah. And I think that's where that awkward space happens as we like transition between Zoom meetings and you're kind of sitting there and you're waiting for folks to come into the space. I really appreciate when a, a candidate is kind of engaging in that moment it's a weird moment it's a very weird moment to wait for all the cameras to turn on and it can be <laughs> overwhelming you know and and it's also your moment to show a little bit of who you are you know I think of like wow there's a lot of people that's okay how you say that well are you overwhelmed with that people will interpret that but your acknowledgement of what is happening for you is I think where you get to share some of that personality right Margaret, you did this a year ago. I hope we're not giving you flashbacks and bringing on uh. <laughs> a virtual candidate. Um, what would you like to share with people who are about to embark on this journey? I feel like you're the Jedi master to the Padawans. How would you like to lead <laughs> wow, them forward? Yeah. What, what wow, would you Keith, like to share with folks who <laughs> haven't been through this and are, and are about to? Yes, thank you so much. Well, I hope I can you know, offer some, some, some guidance for sure. I'm one of many um, who went through this. And I, again, I, I mention my context because I think it is important because I, again, my cohort of students, we're, we're being prepared for a normal quote unquote process. And then yeah. all of this happened and we were really blindsided. So I will say that's a lot of what, what I'm come where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that one advantage folks will have now is that we have been on zoom for what is it nine ten months at this point mm -hmm. um, you have a lot more um, skill than you probably know you have uh, a lot more comfortable with zoom I know that it was still really really it felt like I was wearing mittens that's what I kept saying trying to do things with gloves on like I couldn't mm. do things how I normally would um, mm -hmm. and so I will say like I bring my comments come from like, it was happening and jobs were freezing left and right. I, I, I and my colleagues in my cohort and others, you know, dealt with a lot of uncertainty around the job search. Like just getting to do a job search was huge because so many of them went away. And yep. so I hope that the ones that are out there now are a little bit more on solid ground. I really hope that for this group. Um, oh, and resources, right? They've been resources. on Zoom, yeah, podcasts absolutely. like this. The, yeah, there's more yes. out there to pull from and learn from than you had. Absolutely. And so I, I say that just to, to hopefully give people a sense of like, you, you know more than at least the class of 2020, hopefully most <laughs> of us. So that's something to say. Um, I'll also just kind of, the way my brain went with the question, Keith, was to think about, again, sort of just the disadvantages, but also the advantages of the virtual space. Mm -hmm. And I, when I'm talking about the virtual job search, I go to the on-campus experience or the finalist round because everything else, as I think one of my colleagues was saying earlier, um, a lot of that was screen, was a phone screen, was, was a Zoom call. Um, that happened for me in some of the job processes before COVID hit. I was like, you know, on the phone or on a screen with folks. And so it's really that on-campus experience um, or finalist round that, that is disrupted in a major way, I think. Um, and so I'll, I'll start with the disadvantages because I like to end on a positive note uh, personally. So some of the things that I, I thought about was, um, you know, the challenges, you don't get to see the place, right? That's the biggest thing or meet the people in person. That's obvious. But for me, I know I ended up in, in the Twin Cities. I had never been here before ever. <laughs> so 
I went on a wing and a prayer and lots of internet research. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so that's something that you don't get to do, but there is a lot you can, I was up in YouTube, let me tell you, mm -hmm. tell me about Minneapolis, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like talking to anyone I could talk to. Um, you know, you have to, as my colleagues have talked about, there's a, there's a burden on you to present yourself and your personality in a way that you maybe took for granted in a typical day where you're just walking through space. You have mm -hmm. to decide, like, am I a person who um, presents warmth to a camera or do I sit back and just wait? Like, mm -hmm. what does that communicate to your audience? So you really have to think about your face, believe it or not. Um, you have to, I mean, another thing is just you, you're relying on websites. So if you're not seeing things and you have questions, it's on you to ask. Uh, but that is, that is a little bit of a challenge. Like you're going off a lot of marketing material, frankly, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, a weird thing to say too, and this is maybe just a perspective others have had with other meeting stuff, but you, you pour yourself into this, this, you know, five, six hours of your life. And then you say, done you close your computer and you're still dressed up fancy in your own house and so it's a it's a strange <laughs> feeling you know you've earned this like moment but it's very like anticlimactic and so thinking about ways that you can like still celebrate that without feeling like wah wah you know <laughs> here I am still um yeah I mean there's there's the nervousness about technology there's back to back to back to back meetings potentially you're going to get scheduled for maybe and then just like eye contact, like you, it's really hard to both look and look, 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 you know, in a way that, you know, most of us are used to at a table, we can scan, we can look. Um, so those are say, okay, I, I mentioned those first again, because those are some of the challenges I noticed and disadvantages to the format. However, I do think there are some advantages and I really like to focus on those because I think there are some things I noticed that were positive for me. So one is, and I, and I will say, I'm comparing this because I did do an on-campus interview process right before COVID, literally. <laughs> so I got to experience one and then it was like, mm -hmm. okay, now we're in virtual land. So one thing is, you know, if you haven't done an on-campus before, the travel can be grueling. It can be very, very intense on your body. And so you're, and you're heading into this really intense experience. So if you're, that is something that does affect you. Um, and so you don't have to deal with that, which is, a positive. Mm -hmm. um, I also thought of the interview as a lot more of open notes than it would be mm -hmm. normally. Not mm -hmm. that you can't bring notes and you should, and you should have your resume. I do that in an in-person interview environment often, but I was able to like lay my notes out in a way that I felt like I had everything I needed yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think it would be strange to, to take that moment to refer to an idea or something. So if you're someone who like feels nervous about interviews, that is huge. Um, I would say, um, oh, you, you get to focus on, <laughs> I, I guess I'll, I'll comment like when you're, when you're on, on campus, like every single minute you are on, you are eating lunch, yeah. you are on, you are going to the bathroom, you are on, like you are on all the time. And so you yeah. do potentially get those little moments of downtime in a virtual yeah. interview, even if it's a five minutes, like just to be mm -hmm. like, you know, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. um, that is a definite positive here. If you're like someone needs to recharge. Um, you have less time and resources expended. There's a lot more accessibility in many ways, like some of my colleagues mm -hmm. talked about. Um, a couple more just, you know, um, when you're being asked to present, because you're often asked to put together a presentation, it's really different to be up in front of a bunch of strangers, click, click, clicking through your PowerPoint and doing public speaking. It's really different to like share your screen and talk. It, mm -hmm. It's a lot I found it to be much easier and I, I enjoy public speaking, but I was like, Oh, this isn't, this is just more approachable because mm -hmm. it's not as uh, vulnerable. Um, weirdly you get to remember people's names and pronouns easier because they're right mm -hmm. there. That's yes. huge. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're like, who was that person? I need to send mm -hmm. them a note. I don't remember. Um, so that's you one thing. You can even Google them on the spot. You yeah, know? Yep. Like absolutely. <laughs> yes, you sure can, Jen. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, on the flip side, you might get more breaks just generally depending on how your day is scheduled. So mm -hmm. again, I, those are just how I interpreted it, but I think really the biggest thing is, um, how important it is to examine your values, to do your research, prepare, prepare questions, because I think we've talked about it a little bit, but you're interviewing them too. And so, um, that's huge. You're not just a passive person in this experience. You, 
have got to ask the things you need to know and you need to present yourself and own your experience just to echo some of the things that my colleagues have said. So yeah, those are some of the ways I interpreted it. And Margaret, thinking about thinking about a couple of things that you said, yeah. um, like as far you know, so if someone's experiencing a lot of anxiety about moving somewhere where they've never been, again, asking for what you yeah. need, right? Is there a staff member who would walk me around yes. campus on their phone yep. and give that? Yep. I've yes. more candidates, you know, again, even at these really oh, high yeah. levels, they're like, this was wonderful to get to see the new science space <laughs> or to see this or do that. And they were feeling as sure. attended to, if not more so, because a couple, you know, one or two people maybe were able to safely walk around and do that for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was really, Absolutely. really nice, right? And then the other piece, like I was thinking about, you know, these grueling schedules on the side of both the, the, the hiring mm -hmm. authority and even as a candidate, you can right. ask, let's, what if my interview was not one solid day, but two mornings or two afternoons or however they want to mix it up, mm -hmm. right? We, it's funny to me how we're so talk about caught in our ways, right? The things that we need to get rid yeah. of our rule is we have to see you for 24 hours and we got to do it all in one shot and you have to run the gauntlet. It's like hazing, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. you have to be hazed the way that I was hazed. And, yep. <laughs> um, and, and otherwise it's just not acceptable. You know, does it get more complicated on the side of the of the university as they have to figure mm -hmm. out the logistics of all of that? Um, yes, it does. Does it make it easier sometimes even for those who are doing the evaluation and the interviewing to then be able to have people sort of side by side one another and then they're mm -hmm. able to say, oh, well, I like this and this is different, and, you know, mm -hmm. to be, from the evaluation standpoint. They can do more. Yep. It, there's, there's. It's easier comparison sometimes if those right. things are more closely connected and so on. And so, you know, just to be mm -hmm. creative, we don't yeah. have to stick to yeah. our usual script. You know, Jen, I think that's that's such a solid point. And I'm thinking about interviews we have coming up, where some of our challenges have been these full day schedules, yeah. and just really like it's awesome. it's this, it's this weird notion that because we're virtual, we feel like we have more time. But in fact, I feel like we no have. One. No, <laughs> I don't know anybody who has more time now. No, less. and it's less nimble, right? Yeah. And so I, I really love that um, spread it out. And I do think in terms of having self-agency, this is a great time to be very direct in what you need. And if an employer can't do it, challenge us to say what we can't do. But then think critically about what does that can't mean long-term? Right. Like, what is that? What does that mean about your happiness at that institution? I'm an, I'm an honest person. So I would tell it like time, this or that. But I can do this for you. I can do that. I think um, something that's always a pet peeve for me. So I'll just say it just out there in case people see me again in the search process is when you ask a person why you're interested in this position. Mm -hmm. And they say things like, I really like Colorado. And I'm just like, OK, sure. Like that doesn't actually do anything for me. But now more than ever, I think it's a time to talk about what you enjoy about Colorado and how that contributes to your success, right? If you are needing to know what an environment is like and you are asking, can someone walk me around, mm -hmm. go ahead and let a person know what it is you're looking for. For me, I'm always looking for an environment that has some reflection of people of color so that my son has something he can connect to. I'm a, I'm a little bit older in life. And so my connections are important but not as important as my child. And therefore to be able to say, is there someone on your campus that can talk to me about the black experience in that area? I enjoy Colorado because my family's a couple hours down the road and I've learned through this pandemic experience how important it is for me to have support. Um, what would help me is if you would show me your campus because I've never moved before. And I, I'm anxious about it. So help me, help me, right? And, and to me, that's why it works both ways. And now more than ever, if, if I like to say, I want candidates to be hungry as an employers, I think we're really hungry because of that quick turnaround, because of how long we've set. I've been in a hire, hiring chill for over 300 days now. So if I'm looking for someone, finally, I'm really yeah. hungry. And I want to be my best self because I want to I wanna wrap this up. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a search again. 
Well, and you don't know if this one's going to get canceled. So I think Absolutely. that's another totally. thing that, that if people, if you feel like the employer is moving quickly, it might be because I if I can that. hire you this week, I can yes. hire you. And next week, they're right. going to shut everything down. So I yeah. think with that, totally. Margaret, uh, I love yeah. what you're sharing for, for about your candidate experience. So many very practical, tangible, under the radar things. Uh, we're running out of time. So if you can real quickly, <laughs> are there any suggestions you'd have for employers who want to be kind and human to candidates? What would you like employers to know about the candidate experience? Yeah, I would say just to uh, bounce off what Helena was saying was, you know, offering, if you can proactively offering, like if you need to learn about any particular um, aspects of living in this community or at this campus, please let us know. Even just offering that, a lot of candidates are still really scared of, um, advocating for themselves I think because it's a it's a hiring person's market let's say um, <laughs> there's a lot of us wanting jobs and few jobs so you're a little bit nervous to ask some of those things sometimes so you can you can extend that like can, is there affinity group I can talk with etc um, I would say honesty goes both ways I think that the staff um, on hiring committees should be honest about the place that they're talking about again we're going off marketing material we don't always know a ton of people at these places and so not, you know, there's, with, there's a balance there, of course, but if you're selling a romanticized version of your campus or this job, it's not a, it's not going to set this person up for success either. No. So I think that's important um, about culture and the place. Um, I, this is a, maybe a lot odd one, but don't apologize so much for that. It not, this not being a normal experience. I can't tell you how many times I was like, I'm really sorry. Like you can't have a normal thing. Sorry. We can't have you at breakfast. Sorry. Sorry. And I was like, you know what? Don't even go there. Let's just accept the reality. Let's move forward because it's almost worse to be like, I know it's not the same, but here we are. Um, I'll say just one other thing to bring back from earlier. If you can provide like our Zoom expectations are X, Y, Z, that helps people because there I've talked to even students who are so overwhelmed by the background question that they literally like behind you that they're like, I don't know if I should apply. I don't have the right background. And so if you can just say, use a virtual background or use a blank wall or whatever you have is fine, or we don't care if your dog barks, like you can say that, that takes a ton of anxiety off the plate of the candidate and shows your values of being inclusive. Um, let me see if I have anything else. I would just say, we're also going off what we see just in front of us on a call. Yeah. So if I'm, if I will say, you know, sometimes you go into a virtual call and you see a hiring committee that looks like they are asleep or really not happy to be there. It or also tells me somewhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like they've been, yeah, exactly. Like they've been locked on zoom for hours. It also tells me like, wow, this place seems like maybe they are not so happy. Do I want to be here too? So it kind of goes both ways. I know there's fatigue. Um, and so being honest, or at least being a little bit aware, like a candidate is also reading your faces and expressions is, yeah. is important to think about. So that's what I got. Uh, thanks you've for given, the question. You've given many of the best practice tips that we give to committees. Now, whether they follow them, is different, right? <laughs> but the best practice <laughs> sure. tips, because what you just said about be, be alive, right? <laughs> like the candidate is here yeah. bringing their best self, right? They're trying all their best to do that. Yes, we ask you to keep on mute if you're in a committee, right? Just to keep down on the on the on the distraction because we don't want to, uh, you know, make anybody nervous. We've literally had dogs howling howling at each other from across the country, right? So, um, which is hilarious, but that's not the right. You know, we have other things. Dog Zoom. So, <laughs> dog Zoom, exactly. Right. So, so those are great things. But you know what's fun is when I have been in committees where I have a big screen. They fill my entire screen, right? Yet, even though they're on mute, they're paying attention. I see their heads mm -hmm. nodding. I don't see this because they're down right. writing really They're bad. not looking at their, their cell phones. They're not looking right. at their cell phone. They're Texting keeping the their head up. They're nodding. They're engaging. When something funny happens, you see them laugh. You yeah. know, that sort of thing. The other quick thing I was just going to say about campus forums, you're right, it's horrible when they're just like in a in a vacuum. Have someone moderate it. Very yeah. good conversation between the search committee chair and the candidate yeah. why do we need to have you know get up and give the presentation we can have a whole other conversation about if that has any value whatsoever but like you know let have one or two people moderate it and be sending in questions and things so it's right. yeah. interactive this is yeah. not that hard yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome so true, Jen. uh 
Thank you all. We are running out of time to quote (laughs) Hamilton. Uh, But this podcast, one last question real quick, if we can. This podcast is called Student Affairs Now. I want to know what you all would suggest, advise. What's one last thing you want to know for folks heading into this process right now? Let's go with Jen, Helena, and Margaret. Go ahead, Jen. What do you want Um, folks to know right now? I think I like Helena's advice of bring yourself. You bring yourself you present your authentic self and if it is the right fit for you and 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 fits the wrong word if if it is going to be a good connection between you and that campus community you're going to know it they're going to know it and it's going to work itself out and if it's not there's lots of other opportunities out there it might not feel like it right now but there are Mm -hmm. and it will happen awesome alina what i would offer is centering marginalized identities has always been important right now people want to do it and therefore, what I, what I would offer is um, it's not just a diversity question. Mm-hmm. It's all of your responses. It is how you do this work in everything. And, and I'm hoping as we continue to evolve as a people, we're able to move into that and to be comfortable with that um, and, and look for ways in a time of a conflict, working with a supervisee, managing a supervisor, use those as real experiences. Don't save how you intend to improve the world for one question, yeah. right? Bring your, bring your whole self, your real values into every single question. Great. Love it. Too um, tough um, ass to follow. Go ahead and close yeah, this so out that's, with that's great stuff. I would say it's simple, simple message. Um, and I think I heard it from my colleagues. They want you to be good. <laughs> mm. The hiring committee wants you to be good. Yeah, they, they brought you there because they want to hire somebody. <laughs> They're excited. They want you to make your, their life easier. So yeah. be you, bring your best, do your best, and know that at the end of the day, like those people like have your best intention. They want you to do well. I think knowing that in my the back of my head has always been beneficial for me as I, as yeah. if you feel nervous or imposter, imposter feelings come up at all. So yeah. that's my little mantra. Yeah, Gosh, that's I'm, awesome. I would echo that because my my last words of advice to anybody going into the interview day or the interview process is bring the best version of you. Don't be like Jen. Don't be like Margaret. Be the best version of you. Not the mediocre version of you. The best version of you, whatever that is today. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to each of you so much. This has been amazing. And I I hope it's so helpful for those about going into this process. It can be really scary and anxiety producing. I think you've given so much framing, practical tips, suggestions, and reassurance. This has been fabulous. Uh, Thanks for your help uh, getting us to better understand these processes and moving into it. And good luck to all of you who are about to go into (laughs) these virtual job searching processes. We're all rooting for you. To our listeners, you can see reminders about this and other episodes by subscribing to the Student Affairs Now newsletter or browse our archives at studentaffairsnow.com. Thanks to our sponsors today, uh, Leadership and Anthology. Please subscribe to the podcast, invite others to subscribe, share on social, leave a five-star review. It really helps conversations like this reach a big audience, which helps us continue to make it free for all of you. Again, I'm Keith Edwards. Thanks to our fabulous guests today uh, who all went to or work at great schools and to everyone who is watching and listening. Make it a great week. Thanks all.